0: welcome to
1: Easy Fake Takes,
0: the podcast, where we read you the one-star reviews of your favorite movies and more. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. And today we're gonna do the movie Jaws. So what are we what are we saying the theme is like water movies? Essentially, that's what it is. Killer fish, monsters from the deep. Suspenseful
1: water movies. Suspenseful water movies. Literally, as long as it's got water in it, it's fine. Yeah. So this movie came out in 1975. It's rated PG, surprisingly, and it's two hours and four minutes long.
0: Before the PG-13 rating existed. Right, exactly. I always thought it was rated R, but it's rated PG because he wanted the kids to come see it. Yeah, they were banking on the teen audience because they finally realized that's a market. Mm-hmm. Especially this movie, good lord.
1: I'll go ahead and read what the movie is about. In the New England beach town of Amity Island, a young woman, Chrissy Watkins, goes skinny dipping in the ocean. While treading water, she is attacked and pulled under the water by an unseen force. The next day, her partial remains are found on shore. The medical examiner's conclusion that the death was due to a shock attack and leads police chief Martin Rohde to close the beaches. Mayor Larry Vaughn persuades him to reverse his decision, fearing that the town's summer economy will be ruined. The coroner attentively concurs with the mayor's theory that Chrissy was killed in a boating accident. Brody reluctantly accepts their conclusion until the shark kills a young boy in a full view of a crowded beach. A bounty is placed on the shark, causing an amateur shark hunting frenzy, and local professional shark fisherman Quint offers his services for $10,000. Meanwhile, consulting oceanographer Matt Hooper examines Chrissy's remains and confirms her death was by a shark. When local fishermen catch a tiger shark, the mayor complains that the beach is safe. Miss Kintner, Alex's mother,
0: confronts Brody and (laughs) blames him for her son's death. I always hate that scene
1: where she hits him. I still
0: flinch. Yeah, she's a grieving mother. I don't, I don't blame her. I feel bad for everyone. <laughs> yes. Because it's not Brody's fault. No, but she's, she's upset. Yes. Hooper expresses
1: doubts that the tiger shark is responsible for the attacks, and his suspicions are confirmed when no human remains are found inside its stomach. Hooper and Brody find a half-sunken vessel while searching the night waters in Hooper's boat. Underwater, Hooper re- removes a sizable great white shark's tooth from the boat's hull, but drops it in fright after discovering the partial corpse of local fisherman Ben Gardner. Vaughn dismisses Brody and Hooper's assertions that a huge great white shark is responsible for the deaths and refuses to close the beaches, allowing only increased safety precautions. On the fourth of July weekend, tourists pack the beaches. Following a juvenile prank with a fake shark, the real shark enters a nearby lagoon, killing a boater and causing Brody's oldest son, Michael, to go into shock. Brody then convinces a guilt-ridden Vaughn to hire Quint. Quint, Brody, and Hooper set out on Quint's boat, the orca, to hunt the shark. While Brody lays down a chum line, Quint waits for an opportunity to hook the shark. Without warning, it appears behind the boat. Quint, estimating its length at 25 feet and weighing at 3 tons, harpoons it with the line attached to a flotation barrel, but the shark pulls the bear underwater water and disappears. <gasps> at nightfall, Quint and Hooper drunkly exchange stories about their assorted scars, and Quint reveals that he survived the attack of the U.S. In Indianapolis. The shark returns unexpectedly, ramming the boat's hull and disabling the power. The men work through the night, repairing the engine. In the morning, Brody attempts to call the Coast Guard but Quint, who has become obsessed with killing the shark without outside assistance, smashes the radio. After a long chase, Quint harpoons the shark with another barrel. The line is tied like, to the stern's cleats, but the shark drags the boat backward, swamping the deck and flooding the engine compartment. Quint prepares to sever the line to prevent the tr- transom from being pulled out but the cleats break off, keeping the barrels attached to the shark. Quint heads toward the shore to draw the shark into shallow waters, but he overtaxes the damaged engine and it fails. As the orca slowly sinks, the trio attempts a riskier approach. Hooper enters the water in a shark-proof cage, intending to lethally inject the shark with strychnine using a hydrodermic spear. The shark attacks the cage, causing Hooper to drop the spear, which sinks and is lost. While the shark flashes in the tangled remains of the cage, Hooper manages to escape to the seabed. The shark breaks free and leaps onto the boat, devouring Quint in the process. Trapped on the sinking vessel, Brody shoves a pressurized scuba tank into the shark's mouth and climbs onto the crow's nest. He shoots the tank with Quint's rifle, killing the shark with the resulting explosion. Hooper resurfaces and paddles back to Amity Island with Brody, clinging to the remaining barrels. I love
0: that this movie ends with an explosion.
1: I love that Hooper just hides. What would happen if it didn't explode? Brody would have been eaten and then what what's uh Hooper gonna do? Nothing.
0: Nothing. What is he gonna do? He's stuck down there. Attack him from behind. <laughs> Sneak attack on the shark. Just another side thing. I was doing the transcript for the Jurassic Park episode, and I remembered the person who spelled his name, Stefan Spaborgo. Yes. <laughs> and I just, just still thought that was fucking funny. I think about that all the time. Sporgo. Spaborgo.
1: Sparkle. And he did it twice. It was on purpose. It wasn't just like a misspell. So that's the description. It was directed, of course, by Steven Spielberg when he was 25
0: years old third feature film i think duel came before this so he was known for that duel sugarland express and then this one there we go i think because of duel he was able to make sugarland express and then sugarland express he was able to do jaws mm. sorry that was i've said this before took a whole class on the mm-hmm. man so i you know a lot yes and this was also like one of the first blockbusters mm-hmm. like summer blockbusters absolutely but anyway i'll let you talk it's your episode <laughs> no it's good Spielberg directed this. Brian
1: credits are for Peter Benchley. He wrote the screenplay and he also wrote the novel. And then Carl Gottlieb, he also wrote the screenplay. Cast includes Roy Scheider. He plays Martin Brody. Robert Shaw plays Quint. Richard Dreyfuss plays Matt Hooper. Lorraine Gary plays Ellen Brody. Murray Hamilton plays the mayor. I have some trivia. I have a lot of trivia. Director Steven Spielberg uh, named the shark Bruce after his lawyer. There were three mechanical sharks. One turned left, one turned right, and then one was like a fully skinned one. But they're all named
0: Bruce. In Finding Nemo, the shark is named Bruce because of Jaws. Absolutely. It's like a little homage to that. None of the sharks worked. It was a production nightmare. This movie shouldn't have been the success
1: it was based on production, but they worked with it.
0: I've talked about this with Jaws, not with Jaws, with Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Richard Zanuck and David Brown, those were the producers. They're a big part of the reason this movie was so successful. They did all of the marketing. They made Jaws toilet seat covers. They made <laughs> Jaws t-shirts, posters, toothbrushes. Like The marketing is what did it. Yeah,
1: they got the people in there. Movies in the summer during that time, no one went to go see. They put all the garbage movies out in the summer. No one wanted to go to the theaters during the summer. But this literally changed everything. Now, every summer, there's the new biggest movie out, you know? Mm hmm. Several decades after the film's release, Lee Fierro, who played Miss Kitner. Walked into a seafood restaurant and noticed that the menu had an Alex Kidner sandwich. She commented that she played his mother so many years ago. The owner of the restaurant ran out to meet her, and he was none other than Jeffrey Voorhees, who had played her son. He was Alex. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. They had not seen each other since the original movie shoot. That's so cute. Isn't that such a cute little story? I love that. When composer John Williams originally played the score for director Steven Spielberg, Spielberg laughed and said, That's funny, John, really. But what did you really have in mind for the theme of Jaws. Spielberg later stated that without Williams' score, the movie would only have been half as successful. And according to Williams, it jumpstarted his career, so.
0: Even if you haven't seen Jaws, you know the theme to Jaws. Like, every kid knows it.
1: Yeah. Over 67 million people in the U.S. went to see this film when it initially released in 1975, making it the first summer blockbuster. According to writer Carl Gottlieb, the line, you're going to need a bigger boat, was not scripted, but was ad-libbed by Roy Scheider. (laughs) Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfuss could not stand each other, and the two argued all the time, which resulted in some good tension between Hooper and Quinn. So, in real life, they did not get along whatsoever. Showed. Yeah, it did. According to the making of Jaws documentary, the shooting star that appears during the night scene was real and not an optical effect. Wonderful. I love it. I always thought that was
0: put in because it's almost like I didn't think it was real. There's no reason why a shooting star would be happening. So I just thought it just like was coincidence. I never knew that. Shaw's trouble with
1: alcohol was a frequent source of tension during filming. Roy Scheider described his co-star as a perfect gentleman whenever he was sober. All he needed was one drink, and then he turned into a competitive son of a bitch. When it came time to shoot the infamous U.S. Indianapolis scene, Shaw attempted to do the monologue while intoxicated. Nothing in the take could be used. A remorseful Shaw called Steven Spielberg late that night and asked if he could have another try. The next day of shooting, Shaw's electrifying performance was done in one take. Aww. It's like really sad just knowing like he was a super talented person. He's had his struggles, yeah. Brody's dog in the movie was actually Steven Spielberg's real dog, Elmer.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: It's such a cute name. I didn't know that either. There were two 300-pound weights attached to Susan Baclini that were being tugged by two groups of crewmen on shore. One group would pull right and
0: the other would pull left. Oh, when she... Yeah, when she's being thrashed around by the shark. That sounds so painful. I feel like she could have faked that.
1: Her ribs were literally breaking during that scene. And she would go on talk shows and she wouldn't talk about it. But it was like later said she was literally like dying. <laughs> Oh, yeah.
0: I hope she got compensated for that. I hope so, too. (laughs) I hope they paid for her medical bills. Um, I don't know if she actually broke loose, but like that couldn't have been okay. I'm glad that her character dies in the beginning so she doesn't have to (laughs) do anything else after that. Yeah. She had to do three days of that.
1: Poor thing. Roy Scheider stated in an interview that in the scene where Lee Fiero, Miss Kittner, smacks him in the face, she was actually hitting him. Apparently, the actress could not fake a slap, so the 17 takes were some of the most painful of his acting career. Mm-hmm. Also, Lee Firo stated in several interviews that in one of the takes when she slapped Roy Scheider, his glasses fell off. Oh. There was a ton of trivia that I would put in this, but I thought those were the most fun. Yeah, those
0: were, those were good. You want to do thoughts? Yes. Little known fact, except known by almost everyone we know. (laughs) We used to watch this movie every July together. You used to do it with your family before I started tagging along. Mm -hmm. But we would watch this movie every summer at an old theater that's in the area that we grew up this is our friendship movie.
1: And that tradition of going there to that old Mm -hmm. theater every summer, that was like what I wanted to do. It was like, well, those things were like, I'm going,
0: you can tag along. And like, we brought so many people to go see it with us. That was always like a good tradition. The leg, when the leg floats down, Mm -hmm. gets everybody every time. That was one of my other favorite things about the movie. People who had been going for longer than we had been going and had like some of them even seen the movie when it came out Mm -hmm. the first time, they would have the same jump reactions to the same things.
1: We would go there and like, like they would always do trivia at the beginning and they would always ask, who's like first screening of, of this? Is it for anyone? A lot of people raised their hands and like just throughout the movie, knowing when the jump scares were, people screamed and then people laughed. And that's the fun thing about this movie. Mm-hmm. How fun of an audience this movie
0: is. How much like it brings an audience. It's just one of those great movies to watch. It's the family friendly version of Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> Going to those screenings. That's what it felt like. That is so funny. Also, so the Jurassic Park episode, you know, we found out Riley was a dinosaur kid growing up. hmm I was a shark kid growing up. hmm So this movie was my shit. Every shark week, this movie gets talked about and it gets mentioned about how it had an effect on how there was an increase in shark hunting and like people didn't go to the beach as much because they were terrified and people had a big animosity against sharks. And this movie had to do a lot of, there had to be a lot of fixing in how people saw sharks. Mm-hmm. I still love it.
1: Because mm. when you when you step away from thinking this is a real life problem, it's a fun monster flick, you know? Yeah. And a lot of the negative reviews I have for today mention that. Yeah, that they're just upset at what it did to sharks. And it was one of Spielberg's, like, greatest regrets is making this film and causing that.
0: As somebody who, that's my obsession, Animal. Mm-hmm. I forgive you, Steven. Because he didn't know and that was the intention. Yeah. But something I I watched yesterday, actually, since the boat's named the orca, orcas hunting down sharks and killing them and eating them. I didn't know that they even had to worry about orca whales, but like the videos of them doing it, they literally like pack hunt great white sharks. And it's so insane. The only known predator to a great white shark is quote unquote killer whales or orcas. It was actually near Martha's Vineyard, the video that they had, which is where they filmed Jaws. Yeah. Orca whales terrify me because they're so smart Mm -hmm. and they're so like strategic with how they hunt. The fact that they hunt in groups, they're so powerful and scary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, that just, I thought that was kind of ironic since the boat was named the orca.
1: Exactly. And I don't know if it's intentional or not. Might have been on purpose. I feel like it is, because, like, I mean, that is the only predator to them,
0: besides humans. And if not, if they were just on a boat that happened to be called the Orca, that's hilarious. Yeah. We both love this movie, so I don't really have any, like, critiques of it, personally, other than, like, the stuff about Susan (laughs) Backlini. Yeah. I don't think I've ever not enjoyed my time watching this movie.
1: I know. It's a it's a classic. I love the heart of this movie
0: too. I love the characters. I love the dialogue. I love the little family. Steven Spielberg can do very little wrong when it comes to filmmaking. I think there's only one movie he's ever made that I didn't like. What was it? Artificial Intelligence. Yeah, I knew it was gonna be that one. It was supposed to be a Stanley Kubrick movie. He was started writing it, and then like he wrote it with Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. and he was supposed to direct it. And then he died. So Steven Spielberg was the only person he wanted to make it, and I don't think he should have. <laughs> <laughs> do you think it would have been good had Stanley watched it, or uh, Stan? We'll do AI one day, and I'll mm-hmm. I'll rant about it. Nobody knows. Nobody knows how it would have been, but I don't think Mr. Steven Spielberg did a good job. Yeah. I don't have any critiques. Yeah. This is my favorite movie. What's your favorite part? Favorite part? Or thing about it? I do love Richard Dreyfuss. I think he's one of my favorite parts of this movie. He's fantastic in this movie. Especially love the scenes with his family, especially the little kids. When he's mimicking him? Yeah, that little dinner scene. That's one of my favorite scenes.
1: I can't think of another movie where they execute, because they try in movies. are like, oh, this is the main character's kid. They, it's like always cheesy.
0: And I'm like, can we get past this? Can we keep going? We get it. It's a child. They didn't have to do much to establish how the bond that he had with his kids.
1: Exactly. And it was so adorable. And it's so
0: funny. At the end, he's like, all right, get out of here. <laughs> it's such a... It's such a dad thing. It's so funny. I love it. All of the scenes that are on land, you know, like since the sharks were malfunctioning, they had so much time to perfect them too. So it's just, those are so good.
1: Exactly. The movie was only supposed to be shot in 55 days. It took 159 days to complete this movie. So they had a lot of time. They had a lot of time to like film all this stuff. (music)
0: Hey, are you looking for new music? Do you want to discover up-and-coming artists? Then you can visit heavybrutus.com. heavybrutus.com has unbiased reviews of independent music and unsigned artists. They have over 1,000 monthly regular readers, and you can find Heavy Brutus on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. heavybrutus.com, the best music you've never heard. uh, Let's hear what these critics are. So
1: this one's a positive one. Okay. It was like some anniversary and they were releasing a Blu-ray. Okay. They were doing a review of it. This is by Jordan M. Smith. They open by talking about how this was the first summer blockbuster and how heavily marketed it was. They say, The film that inadvertently closed the curtain on an era of unfathomable creative freedom by providing you could make insane amount of money if a film could be marketed to every living person on this planet. They then say... Jaws remains a classic, not just for how it changed the film industry, but because of its exquisitely made monster movie that tapped into universal human fears and did so with iconic style. They talk about how because there were so many problems with the mechanical sharks, the crew had to be innovative and shoot sequences without it. This resulted in some of the most brilliant sequences in the film, such as the iconic opening sequence in which the lone swimmer is taken by the unseen creature from the depths, and the barrel chasing scenes that bring so much excitement without even seeing the shark. (laughs) They talk about the amazing performances of the characters, especially Quince. And let's not forget John Williams' visceral score that will forever be repeated by children in backyard pools. It was the perfect storm that no one could have predicted. And I, every time when I was writing down um, the score that will forever be repeated by children backyard pools, I was just saying, glass shark, glass shark, <laughs> by uh, <laughs> my brother and my brother and me.
0: Glass shark, glass shark. You can see in the water. He's, bi- I don't care, he's behind me. He's behind me. I can see him. Yeah, but the reason why the mechanical
1: sharks kept breaking was because of the salt water, which they did not test for. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the first time they put it in the water, it just sunk. to the bottom
0: yeah it did
1: yeah like just completely well what the fuck am i supposed to do now this next one is a negative review it's negative in the way of like now i want to see it because of how much you hated
0: it yes your your rage is fueling my want yeah and it's just the way i'll read it to you okay
1: okay la times original 1975 review of jaws on earth we hated it and this person is bringing back an old review Mm -hmm. from like back in the day when it was originally written it was by Charles Chaplin, and then, I guess, Meredith Warner brought it back. The first and crucial thing to say about the movie Universal has made from Peter Benchley's bestseller, Jaws, is that the PG rating is grievously wrong and misleading. And the fact is that Jaws is too gruesome for children and likely to turn the stomachs of the impressionable at any age.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> so It's a scary movie. It's a fucking shark thriller, okay? <laughs>
1: yeah. They say that Jaws is a nightmare, nightmare time for the young. <laughs> i love that because it is it's a scary movie it's a horror movie yeah he says like the ads were too misleading on that like it was a horror movie but not a horribly horror movie i'm like no nah, that's on you though that's on you for underestimating it yeah I'm sorry pg-13 didn't exist yet okay <laughs> i'm sorry they say the concept of the movie happening in the water is too easy to identify with and the victims of the movie are helpless therefore hardest to watch Basically what he's saying is like the victims are too, you don't hate them.
0: So when they die, you feel bad. (laughs) So really it's doing its job as a horror movie. (laughs) So what this person's saying is this movie was successful at being scary and evoking emotion from you. Yeah, that's the movie's job. That's the point of a movie, especially a horror movie when they're trying to scare you. This person just sounds like they got too scared. Therefore, they're going to write a bad review. They sound like no fun. Yeah, sounds like a parent. Yeah. Don't take your kid then. Jesus
1: Christ. Yeah. But while I have no doubt that Jaws will make a bloody fortune for Universal and producers Richard Zanuck and David Brown, it is a coarse grained and exploitive work which depends on excess for its impact. Ashore, As it is a bore, awkwardly staged, and lumpily written.
0: You're lumpily written. <laughs>
1: They say the tension in the opening as the shark's point of view is done well, as the audience is made to imagine the evil in the water. Then they go on to talk about the plot and how it's a lot of flatbush melodrama, broad and obvious. He says the manuscript is commercially calculated and the main characters aren't focused more on. He does say the effects are well done and thinks the model and shots of the real shark footage flows well together. That's the only... Okay. Young Steven Spielberg shows, as he has before, an uncommon flair for handling big action. He and the script are much less successful in the man-to-man confrontations than in the man-to-shark meetings. Intimacy is not yet his strength. We were literally just talking about how well the family scenes are done. Exactly. I even think when the men are, like, drinking together on the boat. That's so intimate. That is absolutely intimate, and the dialogue is amazing, and I, I com- like, this movie is intimate. Mm-hmm. Cannot disagree with this person more. The ending is a pulp story hokum. Calculated, I suspect, to affirm that it has all been in gory good fun. Still, it would not be surprising if Don't Go Near the Water turned out to be the motto along the ocean beaches this summer. They end by saying the argument has always been that tragedy, violence, and terror witness purchase of them. The Grand Gignol Theater of Paris, with its bloodlettings and eye gougings ingeniously faked, was thought to have denatured shock by making it amusing. After Jaws, you do
0: wonder what it was that was purged and what it takes to entertain these days. I think you're a (laughs) crybaby. So the Grand Guignol is like a big part of horror history. They would do gruesome, shock value, gory shit. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are things in this movie that I think are done for shock factor. Yeah, it's a horror movie. You say it wasn't intimate. It wasn't, it didn't have any good person to person interactions. Yes, it did. It's a horror movie and I think it's well
1: done. It has heart. It has heart. It has a lot of heart. Don't talk about my shark movie like this. Don't, don't do that. So that was that person's next one. I don't know the author's name, but it was from realfilm.com. There's only little doubt that Jaws fares best in its opening half hour, as Spielberg, working from a script by Peter Benchley and Carl Gottlieb, does a superb job of establishing and sustaining an atmosphere of incredible tension with the movie's justifiable legendary opening paving the way for an engrossing first act that's heightened by both Scheider's magnetic performance and the inclusion of several unbearably tense interludes. It's only as the movie caresses into its increasingly uneven midsection that one's interest begins to flag, suffers from a distressingly padded-out feel that's exasperated by an ongoing emphasis on the three protagonist's uneventful and distinctly repetitive exploits at sea. Quint's justifiably legendary story about his time on the USS Indianapolis is a rare highlight within this stretch. Less than threatening nature, Tidal Creature is, admittedly, not as problematic as one might have feared. Jaws is, when everything's said and done, unable to wholeheartedly live up to its place as a classic man-versus-beast thriller.
0: They give it a two and a half out four, yeah. I I will say, okay, I'm not saying this is a bad part of it, Mm -hmm. but I do understand the part where they initially go and just Brody and Hooper look for the shark. Mm -hmm. Okay, it has its purpose, but I understand how someone could find that as like kind of lags the movie a little bit. I don't agree that this movie is boring up until the USS Indianapolis story. A
1: common thing that I saw for the negative reviews for this movie is like, it's boring, or the second half of the movie is boring.
0: And I just don't agree. I think this
1: movie is extremely entertaining.
0: I feel like people have this expectation of man versus beast thriller movies. Mm -hmm. And this movie is not explosion, explosion, guns, whatever. It's not. It feels more like a crime thriller, like a Mm -hmm. pulp novel, like that other person said. It feels like solving a case and trying to find the murderer. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a Man versus Beast movie. Exactly. It's very
1: different from that because in this movie, it focuses heavily on the characters. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe it's about the shark, but maybe it's not, you know? It's pretty decently character-driven. Yes. And if you don't like that, if you're watching the horror movie expecting it just to be all, where's the shark? Where's the shark? Yeah, like you said, very character-driven. And if you don't like that, then yeah, you might find it boring. Mm-hmm. This is my last one. And this is what I really like because this is how I view the movie. Wonderfully weird and horrifying.com written by Christiane Film last year. And she writes, a film that takes the question of can you make a nearly perfect film and answers it with a resounding yes through pointy white teeth. It's a film that I resonated with that made me appreciate the spectacle of movie making. They talk about how Steven Spielberg has made a lot of terrific films in his career and he is a master in his craft. They talk about how this is a comfort movie for them. The effects and camera work done for this movie are exceptional. The pacing of the film never wavers. Each scene is filmed and cut to perfection, with a script that ensures the tension never fades. The three main characters' bonding and humorful banter, as well as Brody's relationship with wife Ellen, provide a feeling of family and camaraderie to the picture. They go on to say, Jaws also serves as a cautionary tale, wake-up allegory for handling a crisis and public safety. Despite the terrifying conceit and the humor that keeps the boat afloat, there is an intelligence displayed throughout that make it more than your normal blockbuster. Jaws is still very much alive. Come for the shark, stay for the characters.
0: That's a good way to put
1: it. Yeah. Now we have audience reviews. Ooh. This is a 10 out of 10 from IMDb. This was written in 2016. In my opinion, this movie does what it should do. Keep you glued to the screen. Gripping the arms of your loved one or sofa. 100% rewatchable. I grew up on this movie and book, and can say without a shadow of doubt, Steven Spielberg did indeed make a classic. Not only that he set the path for other amazing movies by other amazing directors, proving young talent should be given a chance, as he was, he chose the right cast members, the right scene locations, an amazing and truly epic composer in John Williams, and made us all remember the iconic music. It's had its critiques and its follow up movies, but to me, there's not one scene or moment I would change in Jaws. It is exactly what it was intended to be a summer blockbuster, to scare you into keeping out of the water and in your cinema seat. So, <laughs> one out of ten, all caps, I hated this movie. Written in 2001. Eight, no, like ten exclamation points after. Yep. <laughs> Everybody I know likes this movie, and they all say it is a classic. Please, this movie is so boring. The movie is supposed to be about the shark, right? And we hardly see any of it. And my brother told me that the reason for that is so it's supposed to add to the suspense. What suspense? Before Alex gets killed, we see a bunch of kids playing with a fake fin, and there is no music. Then we hear John Williams' music, and we see some of the actual shark, and then we see the Alex leg. And you know the shark is going to kill him. So where is the suspense? There is no suspense at all. And you know the shark is going in for the kill. So it's just a matter of seeing him die. The movie is very boring, and the three main characters give nothing to liven up the very dull and simple plot for a classic. I know that in the movies you're supposed to have character development, but in this movie there's too much of it. Instead of showing the shark, they show them drinking wine and eating dinner, and there's no point to it. They could be showing something more important to the already thin plot, but no, instead they show people eating and drinking. (laughs) Throughout the whole movie, Spielberg hides the shark, and in the end, you see its face. It's more like an unveiling, and of course, we see a regular shark. Nothing to go wow over, just a regular shark. Come on, people know what sharks look like, so why hide it the whole movie? The last 50 minutes of the film is nothing fancy, it's not even entertaining. It's just a matter of finding the shark and killing it. Then we find out they didn't know how big the shark was, and how stupid is that? And they didn't even pick a big enough boat. (laughs) and they really that stupid. I also did not like the ending. I thought they could have, though, of something more complicated. Brody throws the air tank at the shark, and it happens to land in the perfect place for him to shoot. Well, I just plain hated this movie. It is far, far, far from a classic, and even further from being a good movie. It's nor scary or entertaining, and Robert Shaw thinks that he knows everything about sharks, and that's the arrogance that kills him. Zero, zero, one out of ten, thumbs way, way, way down. Well, you get the picture. A couple things. One thing killed me.
0: They didn't even get in a big enough boat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how stupid are they? I would have gotten a bigger boat. I would have known. <laughs> and it's like, that's just one line in the movie. It's, it's one line in a movie.
0: How are they supposed to know how big the fuck a shark was? Also, they only play the music when the shark's actually there. Yeah. For a reason.
1: Mm-hmm you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what this person... Also, it's not Alex's leg. That's... You're mixing... You're mixing up
0: that scene. I feel like you didn't... You've seen this vaguely years ago. They watched this with their arms crossed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're, all their families and friends were like, just watch this. This is a great
0: movie. And they're like, I don't think so. I wanted to watch Gremlins. <laughs> it's probably like... They watched it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Did not want to watch it. So this mm-hmm. is their like... I don't care what anyone says. This is garbage. <laughs> but also... If you didn't feel suspense, I, maybe you just, you. It just doesn't work on you. If this didn't, this movie didn't do it for you. That's whatever. I just cannot get over the, and they didn't even pick a big enough boat. Because I know that they just heard the line we are going to need a bigger boat. And we're like, didn't even, do not even have a big enough boat. (laughs) Didn't even have a big enough boat. That's a stupid complaint. That's dumb. And it's not even a complaint. If you're going to be this angry, like have, just have some evidence, please. Yeah, get something more (laughs) substantial than that. Come on. I want to know how these people watch movies, you know? Like what information are you absorbing? Like they get mad when there's a plot device used. They told me a story and used effective devices for storytelling. Uh-uh-uh. Fuck them. <laughs> uh-uh. No Emmys, no Oscars.
1: People are like, "Really? That's a problem in a movie because I would have I would have seen that problem and made sure it didn't happen." Uh, the zero out of zero. Just what? What? <laughs> Or maybe they just got so angry, they just were, like, raging. This is anger typing. <laughs> they got 10, 10 explanation points.
0: I think they broke a keyboard in this process.
1: <laughs> yeah. But anyway. This next one's a 1 out of 10. It's written in 2009. It's called Laughable Horror.
0: <gasps>
1: the idea was way too simple. Just an angry and ruthless shark swimming around and eating defenseless people. When I was 6, I was really scared of it. But now I grew up and probably also grew out of flicks like this. It isn't even so funny now. It's just dull, boring, and unwatchable. I don't know how a thinking person call it the best horror. It's just a cliche thriller with some major flaws. Watch Alien. It's it's a true horror.
0: What does Alien have to do with this movie? It's one of those things where people just love to bring up absolutely random movie and compare it
1: <laughs> for whatever reason. <sighs> Alien's
0: good, but... Why are we making our movies fight? Alien's good. Jaws is good. We don't need to fight. Nobody's yelling. Only you're yelling. Only you. This was a 1 out of 10.
1: It was written in 2011. Are you kidding? Dreyfus can't act his way out of a soggy paper sack. Smoeberg started out cheesy and never lost his knack. One of the worst uses of celluloid in time ever. They said, I can't submit this review without 10 lines of text. There isn't 10 lines of text that is worthy of use on this flick. Don't waste your time unless you want to see a farce with a fake rubber fish with foam skin. No plot. Totally predictable. The only saving grace is Roy Scheider. He is totally wasted in this, but his five minutes of on screen blunts the pain of the rest of the movie.
0: I wonder if they meant Robert Shaw. I think they are talking about Roy Scheider. He is not the actor that I would praise the most in this movie. That's why I'm wondering if they meant Robert Shaw. They think Dreyfus didn't do a good job. Obviously, they don't have good taste. Yeah. No offense to Roy Scheider, but like, he is not the best actor in this movie. I love that character,
1: and I think he does a good job, but like, I understand. Robert shaws he's the acting chops in this. Yeah. This next one's from Letterboxd. Five stars. A tragic tale of a lost and distressed fish hunted down by an aquaphobic police chief, a disgraced oceanographer trying to regain some of his tarnished reputation, and a nasty drunk with a fetish for a legged woman. <laughs> (laughs) All of them egged on by a corrupt mayor trying to find someone or something to blame for his small island's dwindling tourist industry and his poor taste in fashion. (laughs) I wish it had a happy ending, but they even go as far to insult the fish's mother before finally committing the the Coupe de Grace. Shameful stuff. Five stars.
0: Coup de gras. Coup coup de gras. (laughs) Again, you took French. (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) shameful stuff five stars i love that mm-hmm. i know that by aquaphobic they mean he's scared of water but i'm just like it makes me think like he just has a prejudice against <laughs> water should not be allowed to get married he <laughs> said it a lot in that
1: movie <laughs> oh my god but yeah a ton of people wrote like Reviews on the perspective of the shark in the movie, which yeah. is really funny, because like in the end, it's just the animal doing its thing. It doesn't, it doesn't know it's too big. It doesn't know not to eat people. It doesn't know it's, it's a bad thing. Yeah, there was a bunch of them, but like
0: this, was, like were they just shit on it, but they love it? Yeah, yes, I like that they make fun of the mayor's taste in fashion because that's an <laughs> yeah. awful suit. It's the seventies. It's a summer town in the seventies, but like, sir, yellow is not your color. <laughs> <laughs> This
1: next one is five stars from Letterboxd. The tragic story of a bunch of alcoholics who hunt down and murder a fish for the crime of being really hungry. (laughs) (laughs) This one's funny. This is three and a half stars. Reminds me of Shark Tale.
0: (laughs) You know what? I see where they're coming from.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can see it. I love Shark Tale. It's a good movie. I want to do that one day. One day. This next one is four stars from Letterboxd. Finally, I can understand that SpongeBob episode clams on a deeper level. And also the Lifeguard episode. And also the Alaskan Bullworm
0: episode. And also every episode. That one reminds me of the Bob's Burgers Jaws episode. That is really good. Teddy's uh, Quint is <laughs> boydol. <laughs> it's safe, <if> so. <laughs> we go on.
1: This is a 1 out of 10 from IMDb. Worst dialogue in a movie ever. It's written in 2019. The dialogue is inaudible and it's so dumb. Too many fishing scenes on the damn boat. Do not need to be two hours and 10 minutes. This movie could have been two scenes. Person gets killed in water. They close the beach. Roll
0: credits. Wasted time. Well, you would have won an Oscar if you did that. Your two scenes? They're onto something. This is the reason it took Steven Spielberg so long to win an Oscar. He didn't think just to
1: do two scenes. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: Five stars on Letterboxd.
1: Capitalism is a machine that will eat our children with far more ease than any shark.
0: That movie's a great metaphor for that. That is a moral of the story here. Mm-hmm. But it is a little bit of a Jurassic Park situation where it feels a little hypocritical.
1: Yeah. <laughs> With just how much money they made. Who is Hollywood to
0: critique capitalism, you know? Yeah.
1: This one's four and a half stars on Letterboxd. They really should have used a bigger boat. Also, you haven't seen Jaws until you've seen Jaws next to two teenage girls who are narrating the whole thing. And after, after every memorable line, turning to each other and mimicking the dialogue. Total game changer.
0: Did they sit next to us? Yeah, exactly. Like, did, did they watch that movie <laughs> with us in the theater? This was 2014. Maybe it was. It could have
1: been, actually. That would have been the years. Mm-hmm. This one is three stars from Litterbox. If we're being honest, that shark did nothing wrong. Okay, she ate a few people. And what about it? She's just a bit rowdy. <laughs> true, true. This is one out of ten. in 2006, it's just called awful with a period. (laughs) The second time I've watched this I seriously had doubts in Steven Spielberg's skills as a director, but then again it was made in 1975. This music was unbearably boring to sit through. Directors must realize that blood and gore in a film isn't what makes this type of film good. In 1975 my opinion will have been a lot different, but in 2006 now and it bores me to watch this film. The only part of this film that was the least mildly frightening it was not frightening at all. It gave you a shock. Nothing more. People who love this film have the right to their opinions. But in my opinion, this is one of the worst of Spielberg. Go watch War of the Worlds or Close Encounters of the Third Kind. These are the two greatest Spielberg films.
0: Um, Talk Close about en- a... Go ahead. Close Encounters of the Third Kind is a really good movie, though. In my opinion. I like it. It's not better than Jaws, but... It's not... It's a good movie. If, if you are going to be talking about
1: a boring movie, I would say... Uh, closing house of third kind is a boring
0: i just love richard Dreyfus, so i like it <laughs> you're just a big fan war of the worlds gets immediately disqualified because tom cruise is in that movie i heard it's not even that good it's not like my parents are like oh that movie no i mean, dakota fanning's in it i do like her but tom cruise just immediately disqualifies any movie from being good where this is a tom cruise hater podcast And we've said that before yeah i feel like this is not our first time hating on him no but yeah, I like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. <laughs> you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate it, but I, do, I think that movie's boring. I, I don't
1: understand this person's perspective. I like it. This one's two out of 10 stars on IMDb. Most overrated movie ever bunch of bland white men engage in two hours of boring conversation in which they manage to never show an emotion other than aggression, even if their children just almost died, while they are trying to kill a living creature without ever feeling an ounce of empathy. The music does not fit the feeling of the scenes half of the time, and these pathetic characters' attempts to one-up each other, and their toxic masculinity almost got my eyeballs stuck from all the rolling they had to do. I really wanted the shark to eat all of their crusty asses. <laughs> I would much rather watch Sharknado. At least that did not put me to sleep and make me hate all the all its male characters. There, I said it. Half star for the shark, half star for the scene in the cage.
0: <laughs> I don't understand.
1: I, you can make arguments for parts. Like, you could say, yeah, Quint and Hooper, yeah, they got a competition going on. Yeah. Yeah. Is Quint a toxic character? Yes, absolutely. He yes. Well, 100%. I, Roy Shire's character is a family man. I He's a, a, a loving dad, husband. He There's moments of compassion and heart. He's not toxically
0: masculine. He's not. But I do... And in the scene where Michael almost dies, he's panicked, but he's not aggressive. No. Who the, who the fuck is this person? Your, has your kid ever almost died? I'm sure you go through a lot of emotions in those situations. Yeah. He's panicked, but he's not angry. He never yells at anyone. This is loose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the two men competing for whatever they hate each other. They're competing for who who knows the the sea better. Mm -hmm. That is a little bit of like a toxic masculine thing to do. But Mm -hmm. also, I guess you could say that Brody's like character arc, he has to regain masculinity because of his fear Mm -hmm. of the ocean. And it's like made him in the eyes of the movie weaker because he's not being... Very true. Very true. Okay. You could make a critique of it, and they are. Yeah. They're not wrong. But I don't think it's a shitty movie because of that. Yeah. You don't have to kill a giant shark in,
1: in order yeah. to reclaim your manhood.
0: Nothing has to explode, okay? It's fine. has <laughs> to explode. No one has to die. <laughs> yes, there are parts in the movie where it does show that. Yeah. But there's also parts in the movie where it doesn't show that
1: yeah at the end of the day i can only take your review with a grain of salt you
0: know yeah i know they're exaggerating and like it's a negative review people are a little more this is the worst thing on the world this movie killed my son Mm. (laughs) like you know (laughs) yeah But, but
1: yeah so we'll move on the next one's a four star one somehow i never saw this movie and decided that i need to see a big old wet shark boy attack dumb teens and that's exactly what i got and also it was a reminder of how cool the ocean is as far as ecosystems go. Something that has been bringing me comfort during this whole crisis is I just think about how right now there's an octopus just doing some fluttering, <laughs> fluttery moves or stingrays just chilling at the bottom of the ocean, which is always a nice thing to think about. And this was written in 2020. This is a cute review.
0: It is. Instead of being like, they killed a robot shark. They killed, it. they killed him. They killed him. That's the, the the last part. Where, like, I just imagined that there's an octopus somewhere fluttering around. Like, that's so cute. And they are. They're doing good. And they are. Yeah.
1: This next one's five stars. As I've mentioned previously, graphic gore and horror does not scare me. What does scare me are things that happen in the real world, and shark attacks would definitely qualify. Obviously, the premise of eventual shark outwitting and outplaying its human counterparts in a sick and twisted game of survivor is a bit far fetched, but in the hands of Spielberg, a master storyteller, we find it it is incredibly easy to swallow. While the film boasts having some of the most terrifying scenes to ever grace the big screen, the film encompasses so much more. It is a fascinating adventure at sea. It is a well-spun drama with larger-than-life characters that practically jump off the screen as their world is so well-defined, it just can't be contained by a mere screen. The humor brings some much-needed levity. and only serves to make the characters that much more likable and endearing, and it's a striking contrast that makes the dire events that much more horrifying. The score intensifies and punctuates the tension, riddles scenes with much bravado. I think that was a good, like, little description of like why this movie is good. <laughs> yeah, that was that was good. Four and a half stars on Letterbox. Just to preface this, I'm assuming this is a friend, the person they were watching with. Yeah, the way Chelsea screamed when Richard Dreyfus found the body in the boat—I never heard that scream before. We had to pause the movie, and she fell off the couch. <laughs> She had also never seen Richard Dreyfuss movie. So every time a character was
0: introduced, she said, she asked, is that Richard Dreyfuss? (laughs) And so he showed up four and a half stars. Me too. Me too, honestly. I get that. I've been that person. Is that him? Before seeing this movie, I'd heard his name. hmm People talk about Richard Dreyfuss all the time. And I'm like, oh, that's who he is. That's what he looks like. That's Richard Dreyfuss. Is that Richard Dreyfuss? <laughs> Did he play Lincoln in Lincoln? What? No, he didn't play Lincoln, right? No, that was Daniel Day-Lewis. That's another one that I was like, ooh, <laughs> who is that? Who <laughs> is that? Me- well, he looks different every movie he's in, so I get that. Just fully transform every movie.
1: Mm-hmm. This next one is a 1 out of 10. It's on IMDb. It's just a bunch of Zs. I can't even count them. This was written in 1999. Wake me up when this film gets interesting. All the talk about this film made me watch it for the first time. I only made it halfway before literally falling asleep. Sharks aren't fighting if you have enough sense to stay out of the water. Plus, the negative stereotypes perpetuated by this film probably killed more sharks than can be imagined. Predator is a predator. Nature needs them. Films probably don't. Eh, okay, I can't argue with you (laughs) on about the
0: last half. Yeah, that's correct, but it's still good.
1: It's still good. Steven didn't mean to. He really regrets it. He feels bad about it. The next one's a 1 out of 10, called Absolute Rubbish, written in 2002. I've seen some terrible movies in my time, but this one really takes the prize as one of the worst as for the suspense, I'm more scared by Monsters, Inc. And the shark is so fake and unrealistic, it's pathetic. At least Deep Blue Sea had sharks that looked real and could actually install some element up here in the viewer. And the actors looked as embarrassed starring the film as I was watching it. You should be embarrassed comparing Deep Blue Sea to Jaws. Yeah, that one came up and I was like, I'm not doing that. Mm-mm. This next one is a Lairbox. It's five stars. The cure to capitalism is boating with the boys.
0: <laughs> that is true. That is the cure. I do. Honestly, have you ever been boating? It's fun. I love a boat. You forget all your problems. <laughs> I love a good boat. The real world doesn't exist down the sea. Mm-mm. Not out here.
1: This is the last one. There's no stars. It's just a letterbox review. My brother's review.
0: I liked it, but it's not as good as Captain Underpants. I never saw the, the movie Captain Underpants, but I did read those books. They're, they're not wrong. Captain Underpants is really... It's good entertainment. Beyond what Jaws could ever do. <laughs> That's funny. I'm going to speak for both of us. I feel like we're both just going to say 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. If you don't like character-driven things, maybe this isn't the thing for you. If you have other expectations of what a thriller monster movie is like, maybe this doesn't mm-hmm. check those boxes for you. But if you like Steven Spielberg and you like sharks, I think it's a good movie. <laughs>
1: It is, because there is sharks in here. There is a shark in here. Yeah. When it does show up, it is actually really fun, so.
0: It's a surprisingly heartwarming shark movie. It is. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, I think you said it all. Fantastic movie. Thank you for sticking with us through this one this is we've been anticipating making this episode since we started this podcast Mm -hmm. because we love this movie we wanted to wait till summertime specifically july if you want to give us any feedback if you want to suggest a movie that we should review and watch if you want to complain you can reach us at easy big takes on our instagram our dms are open and we sometimes post clips of our episodes on tiktok also at easy big takes and thank you so much for listening This has been Easy Big Takes. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. Easy watching out there. Bye. Bye.